Welcome to the Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I am Ben. And I'm excited because it's another episode of the barbecue. Yep, this is our second entry in the ongoing Barbie movie experience. We've hit episode 10. Episode 5 doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Oh, I thought you were going to say episode 5 doesn't feel like it was real. Episode 5 doesn't... feels like it happened to another person Episode 5, it does feel like... Like it was a fever dream. Like yeah. I, 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 I look back at that, both recording the episode and watching the movie, and I, f- I feel clammy thinking about <laughs> it. It's hard to believe that we've recorded four episodes since then, and we're now on episode ten, which is our first foray into what we will call the modern, the actual, yeah, Barbie, Barbie movies. movies that matter. Well, if you on will. the on the today we're watching Barbie and the Nutcracker. She's gonna crack. All of your nuts. A bunch of nuts. And on the DVD case, it has a little thing here that says, starring in her first movie. I will emphasize, the word her is kind of in a slightly different typeface in italics. So it's like, starring in her first movie. It's also capitalized. Yeah. Weirdly. Kind of like she's maybe God? Yeah, she's God. Yeah. Barbie yeah. is God. Barbie is... Well, we already established this in uh, Barbie That's and the Rockers. True. That she is kind of an omnipotent, omniscient all-powerful being who is... Who's gonna wish you into the cornfield if you cross her. Yeah, like, she, she's a puppet master, and she's making everyone that she knows dance for her amusement and entertainment. In this case, they're literally going to dance. They're gonna dance ballet. I'm excited. I'm slightly more excited than the last time we watched this movie, because just a little uh, peek behind the curtain, we have watched this one before. Surprise! Boom. I know you're shocked. Yes, it's very surprising. You've watched, obviously, all of them, I'm sure, yes, many multiple times. multiple times. Uh, but this one, we watched this a year and a half ago mm-hmm. in an, as for what would have been the pilot of a Barbie-centric version of this podcast, which I think we did mention in the previous Barbie episode. Yeah, but it didn't really go anywhere, because you hadn't eaten... Half- and we were sleepy. There's a point I, halfway through the episode where I'm so angry at what I'm saying about this movie that I just mentally shut down and was not able to participate in further discussion. Oh no! Well, hopefully you don't have any sort of traumatic flashback incident watching it again. I remember I remember there being some very interesting topics of conversation that arose out of this movie. There's a cert- cert- There are a couple of set pieces that... I'm kind of excited to watch and discuss again. I, part of me is excited to watch a Barbie movie, and I feel like that's something you should be happy about. Yeah. Molly specifically, not the listener. It's we not, should I, all be happy about this. I don't think it... I wouldn't describe it as a conversion. Um, I I will describe it as a conversion. For, for the Church of Barbieology? <laughs> yes. Because she's God. You seem pretty convinced of this it, Well, it says so on the DVD case. It does, it does say Very that. Very clearly. Um, what can you tell me about this movie before we dive into it? Um, like my personal history with it or just the movie in general? Anything you want to share that you think our listeners might be interested in Well, this in was hearing. the first Barbie movie that I would have watched. This um, one's from 2001. Yeah. So this is, this is over a decade after Barbie and the Rockers mm-hmm. and Barbie and the Sensations. Yeah. I I guess I would have been maybe 13 or 14 when I first watched it. And my father got it for me as a surprise gift that I didn't ask for. And I was, I was thinking about it and trying to figure out the timeline. And I'm pretty sure the reason he got it for me is because it would have been around the time that I myself was in the Nutcracker. <laughs> I was in the Nutcracker on Ice. Okay. As a, as a young person. So I was a... A figure skating weeaboo before it was cool. Cool, good About for you. 15 years too early. You you undershot. Yes. <laughs> but I think I think that was why he got it for me. So that would have been the first Barbie movie I watched. And somehow it didn't turn me off to Barbie movies as a concept somehow. Because it's, it's one of the weaker ones. I'm looking at the DVD case and there are some very interesting... The things that the DVD case thinks young kids would be excited, excited about, about is bananas... Featuring choreography by Peter Martins as performed for animation by dancers from the New York City Ballet. What kid is it? If I were a child, I would be thrilled. Okay. That's you, though. (laughs) And I'm not... Here's the thing. 
I'm not saying that you had a weird childhood, but I wouldn't say that you are a. I did not have a representative childhood. You did not Let's have a representative. About that, you you are not like Middle America, like two dogs and a cat and a tractor kind of. Is that childhood. what you think Americans are? I think the average American owns 1.2 tractors. Yeah. Um, seven guns. Well, that's just because of Tractors Gregor, who owns eight. <laughs> <laughs> He's an outlier. Tumblr. But then we, there's didn't, al- we did not have a tractor. There was also the music uh, of uh, Tchaikovsky. Pl- as, as performed played- by the London Symphony Orchestra. So my country had a hand in this. Yeah, thank you. You're very welcome. It was kind of like all those years ago you were reaching out to me. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if this was recorded specifically by the London Symphony Orchestra or whether they just licensed the recordings. I, I assume that that's the latter. I can't yeah. imagine that someone would have approached the London Symphony Orchestra and been like, "We have a great project it, for you, a great listen, collaboration that you're going to be listen, excited about." We think this is this is really going to push you into the mainstream. <laughs> no one's heard of the London Symphony Orchestra before, but everyone's heard of Barbie. Everyone's heard of Barbie. So we think just it's not going to be like conductor Barbie because no one gives a fuck about conductors but this was their pitch this is what they were saying but also i'm i'm kind of and i uh, i already knew this mainframe entertainment did the animation on this now if you're not familiar with mainframe they are responsible for the tv series reboot and transformers beast wars which are both great shows i don't have you i i went back and we them. i've never seen transformers beast wars i remember going back and don't pull you've that never seen beast wars i've never seen beast you've wars. never seen beast wars i've never seen beast wars do you want to say it one more time, I, all three? I was... You've never seen Beast Wars? I've never seen I Beast Wars. I was convinced that you had seen it, because I feel like we have had conversations I've about it. I've seen it. it. I, let, me, let me rephrase. I haven't watched it. I have seen what it looks like, and I am aware of it, but I've never watched... I own it. ...an episode. I own it. Okay. So we can watch it. We might... It is... At some point have to. It is... It's one of the few shows that I remember watching as a young child... And loving as a young child that I can watch today and it's just as good. Like, it holds up. That's good. Um, I think it won a bunch of awards. It's a very good show. But we're not here to watch Beast Wars, No, I'm sure we will eventually get to Beast Wars in some capacity. We do have a long list of Transformers movies to watch. And I think one of them is coming up very soon, in fact. Mm. Um, It's one of the next five. But Reboot is not a show that has aged very well. I I loved it as a kid. My dad loved it because my dad was a huge animation buff. So we would always watch Reboot when it was on CITV. But I went back to it a couple of years ago to rewatch it, and it has not aged very well. Not just the animation. The animation is very rough. But even if you look past the animation, the writing was just bad. Mm. Like, lots of really cool concepts, but the writing and execution of those concepts was not great. Don't at me, mm. internet. I feel like it just would obviously be a lot more dated. Yeah. The CG looks yeah. not great. But then again, I went back and rewatched um the first Toy Story recently, and that is starting to show its age a little mm. bit. Shrek also very much shows its age. Uh in a lot of places, particularly when they're in is it Dulap? Dulak. Dulak, yes. It's a perfect place. Like a lot of the a lot of the buildings in Dulak look very render a square, mm. drag it, put a texture on it. Yeah. There are a couple of shots in Shrek. We're not watching Shrek, but there are a couple of shots in Shrek where I watch it and I think, is that see like when they're in the dra- the, the castle when they're going to rescue Fiona, there are a couple of shots in the castle of parts of the castle structure where I look at that and I think that's really that's beautiful, mm. but the rest of the movie does look like they like bought a job lot of pre-rendered objects and just dropped them into the movie. When did Shrek come out? That was like two. It was 2000, 2001? 2001. It was around kind of, there. It was around the same time as... Barbie Monst- Mo- in the Nutcracker. Yes, but also <laughs> Monsters, Inc. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was kind of like Shrek and Monsters, Inc. are the films that, for me at least, kind of started the arms race between DreamWorks and Pixar to see who could make the better-looking movie. Because mm. Shrek at the time looked great, and then Monsters, Inc. came out and that looked better, and then just a back and forth forever until one of us is dead. We're going to watch Barbie now. We are going to go and watch Barbie and the Nutcracker. Is there anything else you need to tell me about this before we jump into it? I think you're going to love it. Okay. I do have some positive memories from the last time <laughs> we watched it. So maybe it'll be fun. I um, remember that there's some very progressive depictions of um, relationships. How, do, how progressive? Um, remember that there's a gay couple? Oh, yeah. We're going to get into that. I'm looking forward to watching this again. 
with new fresh eyes. A year and a half after the last time later, you watched I'm it. I'm a different you. person now. Did you watch? Have you watched it in the interview? I haven't. No, I haven't watched it since. I've been saving myself. Okay, for for this movie. But yeah. For, for, the this, for this special episode. So. Very cool. So we're going to go off and watch Barbie and the Nutcracker. We will be back with you after these uh, very old commercial messages. From her first movie, Barbie and the Nutcracker, it's Sugar Plum Princess Barbie. Lovely golden crown. Hair tumbling down. And a sparkling gown. She's Sugar Plum Princess Barbie. And with fairy friends, magic dancing begins. Now rescue the Nutcracker. It's the prince. Sugar Plum Princess Barbie doll twirls on her dance stand. World of Nutcracker dolls and horse with carriage each sold separately. All right, we have watched Barbie in the Nutcracker. I noticed that Barbie and the Nutcracker are two separate characters. Uh, so the promise of the title was not fulfilled because it's a very G-rated movie. It's a bad joke. We'll gloss over <laughs> it. You've seen this. Now, this is the second time I've seen this movie. And I remembered very little of it from, from the first time around. Molly, why don't... You take point on walking us through oh, the narrative. No. You've seen it more times than I this have. It's your job. It is usually my job, but I physically... Okay, I have a confession to make. I was falling asleep during no. that movie. I, no, I didn't... I, I, there were several points where I realized my eyes had been closed. I, had, I don't think I fell asleep. You probably didn't miss a whole lot. I came perilously close to lapsing into unconsciousness. The thing about the Nutcracker as a story that makes it difficult to adapt is that the Nutcracker is not a story. No. Right? It's The Nutcracker is a recital piece. Yes. The plot of the Nutcracker is literally Claire falls asleep. Like me. She has a dream where people dance for her. Like, that's the plot of the Nutcracker. So the reason you put on the Nutcracker is so that everyone in your ballet school, no matter their skill level, will have their own little piece of music, their own little... They'll have something to do. Yeah, they'll, yeah, it's a recital. So they've taken a glorified dance recital and tried to retrofit a plot onto it. And it's... Not it, always uh, great. It's not always great. Sometimes it's great. Can we talk about the animation I know while. that you're just dying to talk it's, about... It's the only area I can speak with any... Authority. Feigned air of knowledge and authority, yes. Um, so, describing this as a 3D animated movie is perhaps giving it more merit than it's worth. Because it's, it's I would say, 90% of the human motion in this movie is it's motion mo capture. It's mocap. The only characters, I think, who mo aren't... Mocap, mo problems. Yes, Exactly. The only characters who I think aren't mo-capped are the, like, the Mouse King. And the Bat. The Bat. And I think, I want to say that the Nutcracker himself is not mo-capped, because his movements are very stiff. They're very clump clumpy. Yes. I feel like the Nutcracker was hand-animated. He kind of walks like he's wearing moon shoes. Yes. But the best thing about this mo-cap is whenever there is a dance sequence, one of two things happen. Either their feet will clip clean through the floor, or... They will not clip through the floor because the animators have had the foresight to lift them about an inch or two off the ground. So they're just kind of floating. Yeah, so that they don't clip through they the ground. They don't even encounter the floor. Yeah, and they, they frame the shots in such a way as to make it less obvious. But when you're doing things like dancing and your shadow is being cast, or dancing on a reflective surface and they've bothered to render the reflection, that is noticeable. But there was a lot of you know how you know that one. There are a couple of shots in uh, in Frozen where character models clip through each other, and I've chosen to believe that those shots are intentional homage to this movie because <laughs> to th this movie, this movie specifically, because this it happens a lot in this movie where a person will put their uh, their hand on another person's shoulder and it will go a little bit too far, a little bit too deep. Or they'll walk and their tiptoes will clip through the floor. Maybe everyone in this movie is dead and they're a ghost. Probably. That seems like the most believable. Well, it is happening in kind of a dream state. Yeah. The plot in this film is so nebulous. Like, trying to walk you through it beat by beat would be difficult at best. We have this problem a lot but this, with these movies. I think this is one of the worst offenders in that, for the reasons that you outlined, because they've taken something which, by its design, doesn't have a strict narrative, and have tried to cobble together something resembling plot from these loose tatters of 
stray material. Yeah, nothing nothing about the plot that they've constructed really has anything to do with the Nutcracker. The, the only part of this movie that resembles the Nutcracker is the very beginning and the very end. Yes. The, the, the pre-dream and the post-dream sequence. Because everything else is kind of aimless wandering through a fantasy world that yeah. doesn't really have anything to do with winter or Christmas or sweet meats. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming sweet meats is a euphemism for breasts. Yes. Yum, yeah. yum, yum. Yeah, everyone's favorite. I do feel the framing... This film has two framing devices. It is a story contained within two sets of parentheticals because the first framing device it around the, the story of the Nutcracker is Clara, who is being played by Barbie, falling asleep and then waking up at the other end. But then the other... The, the containing device within that, or that that sits inside of, like a, like a, a Russian nesting doll, is Barbie teaching this young girl who's about to do a recital and the young girl is nervous so Barbie tells her the story of the Nutcracker. It's very Inception-y. It's, it, is, it is Inception. It is a narrative within a narrative. Leonardo DiCaprio is there. His wife is killing everyone. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, not quite as amazing as the surprise casting choice that they made that they isn't on the DVD case. Tim Curry is in this movie. Yeah, it's not anywhere on the case. I didn't know until I heard him speak. But we went through this last time we watched this. And I was like, this. I'm aroused, but I don't know why. <laughs> we went through this last time we watched it, though. Like, is that Tim, Tim Curry's voice? I remember it from last time. You've seen... I didn't remember it. You've seen this movie more times than I have, but this film apparently leaves so little of an, little of an impression that even Tim Curry cannot penetrate the fog of dense nothing that this film leaves in a person's grey cells. <laughs> it's actively impressive how mind-numbingly mediocre this film is that even Tim Curry doesn't survive in the memory intact. I feel like this is a Men in Black situation where if you've seen an alien, they sit you down in front of this movie and make you watch it, and afterwards you're just like, I was doing, I was thinking about something... Something's happened. Oh, oh. I was going to watch a movie with a tall plastic blonde in it, and I don't remember. Was I going to watch Barbed Wire? I can't remember. It's Was I going to watch Barbarella? <laughs> was I going to watch Booberella, the porn parody of Barbarella? I'm assuming. I don't know. What is a porn? I don't know. No, no, neither of us know. We talk about movies about toys. Yeah. We wouldn't. That's toys not really, for children. Yeah, that's not really our purview or or purview. Purview, eh? Eh? Uh, uh. Wink, wink. Nice, nice. Say no more. Um, my notes are so dissonant. I'm looking at the notes of the movie that we just watched, and I have no idea what any of this. I will comment some more on the computer rendering because there were several points where the textures are so. It's like you can see the pixels. You can you can literally see the yeah, pixels like, and the artifacts in some of these textures. It was like looking at recorded footage from an original Xbox game or something. Because some of the character models were a little bit more detailed than you would expect, but the textures were so... I did write a note that says, the textures help. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... It is like looking at the pre-rendered cutscenes on a, on a you know, GameCube or an Xbox game. It's just not visually pretty. And it pulls you out of the moment. There are so many scenes where you can tell the characters are performing against a pre-rendered flat backdrop or a map painting. Just like an, a, a 2D artist has drawn this backdrop. Yeah, backdrop. and it's not even like the quality of the textures, like the fact that it's pixelated or low quality. It's even just like overall the aesthetic choices that were made were kind of non-choices there's no like strong visual language going on in terms of in terms of colors in terms of shape in terms of shot composition yeah i i feel like the director and the creative team i feel like there was a lot, a lot of conversations during pre-production that went how about this and the director went yeah, all right i feel like that was the extent i feel like the conversation was more along the lines of how much money do we have and how much time were we given to do this movie start to finish? Do we have more or less than 10 weeks? <laughs> Can we make this look better than the 86 My Little Pony movie? 
No. No, they can't. No, it's a, and it's and it shows. It's I it's something having just watched the movie, I realized when I because before we we started watching the movie, I was googling it and I discovered that they have they very recently reissued this movie with a new cover. And when I showed it to Molly, she got very excited because the new cover is significantly better than the old one and has the new Barbie logo on it and everything. But I thought I typed in Barbie and the Nutcracker Blu-ray. Now this is a film that is never going to get a Blu-ray release. I did not find one, and with good cause, because if they re-rendered this movie I can't imagine. in HD, you would see every horrible, terrible, shitty texture. Unless they go through and get like Team Ico to go in and redo all the textures or something. There's no way. This thing is the hottest, messiest hot mess. It's in full screen too. It's in full screen. I have to assume on purpose. There's stu- it is was there a- 2001. A space Everyone Odyssey. had CRTs. <laughs> Everyone had CRTs. Kurtz. Kurtz. Yes. I, c- I assume that's why. Yeah, that's probably true. I I did write a note that to says, the director that said please to stop. The director and I said well I said this is not a good movie and I don't know how more of these got made. <laughs> <laughs> but- I don't understand how this was the first one. <laughs> and they released it, and I guess enough of them sold that they that they were like, right. "This is a great idea. This is a real cash cow." Now, like, this is good. We can make this work. And then here we are, a uh, seventeen years later. And there's a lot of them <gasps> occupying so much space on, on your my shelf. shelf. Was this the first Barbie movie you received? Yes. Was this your f- this was the, and this you was bought the- more. I I guess. <laughs> The details are fuzzy. <laughs> it's just, you're given a copy of Barbie and the Nutcracker. Something, 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 scene missing, scene missing. And then suddenly I wake up and I'm just it's surrounded by pink DVD boxes. <laughs> and you say to yourself, this is not my beautiful wife, but this is my entire Barbie DVD and Blu-ray <laughs> collection. We've seen some of the newer ones. We watched, I want to say a few months ago, maybe a year ago at this point, a sci-fi one where she's like a space Starlight adventure. adventure. Yeah, Starlight Adventure. And the CG on that Visually one... Visually beautiful. Visually quite nice to look at. Narratively a clusterfuck. It's, well, that seems to be like the running theme but in like, the Barbie it's, movies. It wasn't like, aggre- it was like aggressively a clusterfuck. Yeah. This one is kind of a like... But, the, but Starlight Adventure is like... It's attacking you with how bad yeah. it is. This film this is... It's just kind of like a toddler kind of breaking things as it kind of waddles around. Do you know what this film felt like watching it? It felt like the remit for this movie from Mattel to mainframe studios or whoever the fuck made it was, look, we just want something that's kind of gentle and uneventful with a few dance numbers in it, but kind of a loose narrative so that parents have something that they can put on to distract their little girls while they go off and wrap have Christmas a, presents. Christmas presents or have a cigarette or fuck. Well, see, or, mine was nicer. Or whatever it is that you think wrapping Christmas presents is nicer than fucking. When you get a really clean crease, <laughs> it's, it's really satisfying. I mean, that's true. I wouldn't describe it as orgasmically satisfying. Yeah. It's not... Okay, I'm definitely going to edit all of that out. We did just have a very short conversation that was kind of my penis adjacent. <laughs> In terms of topic, not it's. just can't stop talking. About I'm not saying it. that finds Molly. Ways to bring it up in conversation. I'm not saying that we to were talking like, to or at my dick. I'm saying be like, that it ben, became. I don't need to hear about it anymore. You were the one who brought it up. Was I? Yes. No, I just said that wrapping Christmas presents. And then you asked is me a really pleasurable experience. And then you asked me a question, which to which the answer was, you know, I do. The question wasn't, do you have a dick? That's weird. But it was in that ballpark. <laughs> Anyway, I just want you to know why there was a, just a chunk missing, we, why you heard like a record, a needle drop or a dial-up modem sound or whatever it is I used in that moment to cut. I'm going to cut abruptly away from this now as well. Oh, this is going to be an editing clusterfuck. <laughs> We're creating minefields for future Ben. Future Ben, I'm so sorry. We never bring up, it's always my dick. Never bring up your dick. Do you want to talk about my dick? No. It's because, really, really, really small. Because I'm polite. What were we talking about? My dick. Wrapping presents. Oh, I was talking about the kind of movie this is. You, it, it, This film is not designed to withstand even our level of critical analysis in any way, shape, or form. This film wasn't designed to withstand the analysis of the laser reading the, the grooves of the DVD. It's just a glorified screensaver. Yeah. It's like the, oh, I, I'm going to put on the... 
crackling fireplace. Yeah. Like it's just that it's so it that, requires roughly as much mental engagement. It's so that young children of a very young age can watch it and maybe dance along to some of the recitals. I get the, you get the idea of what they were going for with the recitals, and you said this yourself as we were watching it. That you that it felt like they were aiming for something kind of in the same ballpark as Fantasia because a lot of the recitals looked like they were trying to time it to the music or some of the movements mm-hmm. were timed to specific instruments or flourishes or what have you. But the the animation techniques they are using was not built to support the weight of... The, the high concept art that yes, they were trying to do. That you you look at the box art for the like the, the cover for this DVD and it's like Steve Martin or whoever did the did the choreo- choreography and the national Steve Martin someone Martin Peter Martin Steve Martin Steve Martin I don't think he's a choreographer for the New York City Ballet he could be you don't know what he's up to in his downtime you know sometimes he plays the banjo sometimes he teaches sometimes he plays CGI. the banjo and dancers ballet dancers do ballet to his banjo music I would list I would watch a recital that is Steve Martin playing the Steve, the Nutcracker Suite if you're listening to this well, we know he clearly listens An idea to for the a podcast. Christmas special yeah. That would make a great Christmas special. Banjo Nutcracker music. Steve Martin, come to Los Angeles for Christmas 2018. We'll sit down. We'll plan out the show. I have a friend. We have a venue. It's not very big. We can get a couple of dancers in there. You can play the Nutcracker Suite on your banjo. And we'll have a great time. It'll be a good Christmas, I think. That's getting into the holiday spirit. But yeah, but the DVD case makes so many promises about Phil Martins and the London Symphony Orchestra. Peter Martin. Peter Martin. Listen, I'm getting closer. I pluralized Martins and I knew the first name began with a P. You'll get it by the end of this. Peter Martins did the choreography. Like, the DVD case doesn't even mention that Tim Curry is in this. It says, Philharmonic Orchestra... Steve Gutenberg did the choreography, <laughs> and it doesn't even mention Tim. Like it's trying to make a big deal out of how. Do you think that was in Tim Curry's contract? Like he was, he he was like, "Oh no, I don't have rent for next month. I need to do a job just real quick, just like a throwaway job." So he goes to Vancouver and he record. He spends a day in the recording studio doing the lines for this, and he's like, "I'll I'll be in this, but like you can't have my name." anywhere on this it can't be on the cover it wasn't the end credits it's in it's at the very end and he's like the third or fourth person he's not even top build it's amazing i think he's maybe ashamed ironically and he was like this was a mistake and i don't want people to know about this the irony of course is that he made all that money but he spent it on his plane tickets to and from vancouver (laughs) so it really like he came out at I wouldn't say a loss, but he didn't really break even on this yeah. on this job, which is kind of a shame. But I do think that the case the case that I'm trying to make is that the cover of the DVD makes such a big deal out of all of these fancy hoity toity involved organizations and persons, but the end result is so milk toast bland, why bother? Like, the choreography in the Blue Midget dance on Red Dwarf 8 was comparable to this. That's another reference that I know you will get because of your huge, deep passion for Red Dwarf. It's your favourite. Nothing about this felt like, this is the person we need to credit on the... There's not even really dancing in the movie. Like, it's not integrated at all. It just happens. The dancing happens at the beginning because Barbie and Kelly are, like practicing for for their recital and the dancing happens at the very end when the mouse king is defeated and then there's just like a dance number they do a dance but there's no dancing over the course of the story the the, dance doesn't happen i think a good adaptation of the nutcracker as a movie would probably try to incorporate the dance into the narrative a bit more now that i say that out loud i don't necessarily think that would make for a good adaptation but it might make for a more interesting adaptation i don't like tim burton's adaptation of alice in wonderland yeah i'm very passionate about that (laughs) about how much i dislike that movie but at the very least some credit can be given for making an attempt to incorporate the quote-unquote law of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland into a cohesive narrative. The source narrative. material is identifiable. Yes. Whereas here, it's just... There. It's, yeah. It's 
background dressing to something unrelated. Yeah. Like, the the entirety of the Nutcracker is dancing. Yeah. So, so you take out the dancing, and suddenly you have, like, the Nutcracker's lifeless body. Yeah. It's like they propped up the lifeless body and just, like, moved the arms around. And yeah. And did a little <laughs> ventriloquist a, act. It's Weekend at Barbies, is what it is. <laughs> oh, God. And it's... it's, it's weekend a, at Barbies. Weekend at Barbies. You know they made a second Weekend at Bernie's movie? No. It exists. And the only reason I know it exists is because when I got Home Alone 2 Lost in New York on VHS as a kid... There was a trailer at the front for Weekend at Bernie's 2. Now, if you're buying Home Alone 2 for a kid, and you're buying Home Alone 2 for a kid, no adult thinks, I need that in my VHS collection in 1990, whenever it was. Do you think a kid's going to think, you know what, I want to watch this movie about people making a corpse pretend it's not a corpse? (laughs) I loved the first one so much. Yeah. I have to see the second one. My first exposure to the entire Weekend at Bernie's franchise was the trailer for the second one. I had no idea there was a first one. Is it, is it the same Bernie? I don't know. I'll never know, because I've seen neither movie. And I'm never going to see those movies. Are you Googling it now? No. When you say no... Yes. Okay. Just wanted to check. Do you want me to actually look up if, the, if it's the same corpse? You don't have to. I don't know if I just... I just don't know if I want that in my search history. No, we should probably... That's fine, then. Go on incognito I don't want to get, like, corpse-targeted ads on my... Oh, for like on my Google. sticking body parts back on. Like, yeah. I, su- I searched for corpse leg once and I get ads for you glue all the time. <laughs> the Nutcracker removes his body parts a yes. lot. He likes yeah. to take his arms off. Well, he says, oh, I'm going to take his face little... off. Oh, no, he his arm just comes off and he says, sorry, that happens a lot. And then it never happens again. And then again Barbie for the says, it's okay, it happens to lots of guys. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, baby, that never happens. <laughs> It it doesn't happen again for the rest of the movie, though, despite the fact he warns us that it will. It happens twice. Does it happen twice? Yeah, he takes his arm off to save um, Captain Candy. Yeah, but that's that's intentional. That's a choice he makes. Oh, no, it only accidentally happens a lot. That one time, he says that happens a lot. No, it doesn't. It didn't happen a lot. You're a liar, Eric. 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 I will never trust Prince Eric's ever again. That is his name. He's Prince Eric. There are other, like, Little Mermaid, right? Is Prince Eric? Yeah. Yeah, anyone else? Any other Prince Eric's that we need to be aware of? Uh, statistically, yes. I'm, I can't think of any offhand. Okay. It's like how there's There's three... Prince Derek. Derek? From the Swan Princess. There's also Prince Derek from The Good Place, if he were to become royalty. He's just Derek. I want to cut that joke. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm, I'm running on very low fumes. Do you need a this sip film, of your Carl's Jr.? This, oh, no, it's empty. This is trash now. Oh, no. It's this film. Halfway through this movie, I thought to myself, I wish I brought a Red Bull with me. Oh. This is, this is a, this is a. It does have kind of a soporific. This is, and this isn't, this is exactly what happened last time when we watched it. Yeah, it was hard to keep the energy up because this movie will put you to sleep and maybe that's what it was designed for is like, you're a parent, it's Christmas, and your children are out of school and you're losing your mind. Why not sit them in front of the TV and put on something that's going to knock them the fuck out? Or at so least you knock have, you the so fuck out. So you can out. have 78 minutes to yourself, 78 minutes of me time to wrap presents I can or probably do get whatever it, it is a an couple adult of times wants in that to do. Minute, in that 70 minute period. <laughs> I could probably bash it out once or twice. You could wrap a lot of presents. You could wrap a lot of presents. <laughs> in 78 minutes. Yes. When we recorded that first episode, the reason we didn't go forward with the barbecue as a podcast is because of my, I thought that episode was bad. I feel because bad. Because we struggled. We struggled. And I wondered whether... I think I naively thought that this time would be better because we had practice and we, we had gotten all the suck out. We've done nine episodes prior to this. I thought it's going to be... It's going to... Right, we've had... We've eaten. We've had food. We've... I've had a soda. I had some fruit juice. I'm ready to go. I had toast, and then I also had toast, and then I had fruit. Followed by toast. No, I just had the two toasts. Okay, I was going for a joke. There was a... Yeah, followed by toast. (laughs) Do you like toast, Molly? Yeah. (sighs) It's my good luck food. Everybody knows Badger loves mashed potato. I... We watched this movie, and my entire physical form drifted off into the stratosphere and went on a magical space journey... Separate from this movie. This film made me astral project to another (laughs) better place. I twice now have watched this movie and 
fallen asleep during it. Not in the when we fell because we mentioned before during the Lego movie that I, I was starting to fall asleep. I didn't fall asleep, but you were falling asleep because you were so relaxed. Yeah, it was. It was. It was, a, it was the movie was just like yeah. a warm embrace. I think there are three ways in which a person can start falling asleep during a movie. The first way is you're watching a movie. You've maybe pushed your body a little bit too far. Maybe you thought I can get through this movie, and you fall asleep during during it. That's fine. I think that's pretty common. I think it's not uncommon for a person to think i can stay awake for two hours oops i've fallen asleep oh well we've all done that right the second type of falling asleep during a movie is when you feel so comfortable and so at ease and you're enjoying yourself so much that you start to fall asleep that's the second type the third type is where the film is so egregious not so bad that you are actively repulsed by what, like, it's not, the Emoji movie, I didn't fall asleep during the Emoji movie. It was just a nightmare scenario. Because from, it was, like, aggressively going after you. It assaults you with its mediocrity, <laughs> with its badness. This is just kind of, it's a microwave of... There's no footholds. Yeah. There's an, your brain can't engage. It's a smooth surface yes. of dull. <laughs> a smooth, not even, not pink, but like a grey pink. Of, mauve. Yes, it's, it's, it's a mauve of... Nothing. There's nothing for you to engage with, but it's so egregiously dull that your body tries to escape. And the only way that your body and your mind have to escape... Is to lose consciousness. Is to slip off into the astral plane and go on a, a cosmic journey. And that is what my body tried to do several times. I have very vivid memories of opening my eyes because they had been closed. I have no memory of closing my eyes, I, but I do remember hearing dialogue as I opened my I don't know if I actually fell asleep. It's possible. You weren't snoring. I, Sh should we actually try to go through this plot we, beat by beat? I don't know that there's enough plot for us to really pick at. I think it's more just kind of highlighting what they added, like what they invented that has nothing to do with the Nutcracker, which is all of it. Yeah. They invented a movie. They invented a movie that involves Tim Curry the mouse. It, that still blows my he, mind. He turns a prince into a Nutcracker. And then he turns Barbie into pint-sized Barbie. And then... Barbie and the Nutcracker become attracted to each other over a period of 70-some minutes. And they just go through different locations. I will stress, my favorite part in this movie is... And I want, again, I want you to remember that a lot of the models are very low quality, a lot of the textures are very low quality, and they actually use that to their advantage at one point in the movie in a way that I found genuinely impressive and endearing. The whole point of the movie, they're trying to travel to the Sugar Plum Fairy's castle. Well, Am she's I a right? princess in this movie. Sugar Plum Princess Ziz's castle. Yeah. They reach the castle. The first time I saw this movie, I do remember saying, that castle looks shit. It looks like a flat painted texture. And it turns out I was right because it was a fake castle. It was a flat board and it was a trap that had been laid by the Mouse King. Mm -hmm. They go through the doors, the doors close, they're in a cage, the flat board falls down. And I thought, that's actually brilliant. That's using the limitations of the technology and the... 30 to 40 minutes of crappy animation that we've been forced to adjust ourselves to, to your advantage. That was actually really cool. That's the one thing in this movie that second viewing... Do you think they did that intentionally? I want to believe that they did. I want to believe that at some point during the movie they said, you know, we're using a lot of flat textures to represent geometrical shapes in the distance. Why don't we just lean all the way in? Yeah, and they leaned in. They leaned in so hard they knocked it over and revealed a cage. <laughs> and I genuinely... Listen, I love that. That's the smartest thing this movie could have done. I think done. maybe you're ascribing a level of self-awareness that perhaps isn't present. My promise to myself for 2018 was that I would... Try to be less cynical. Okay. And try to try to assume or try to hope for good intentions. We're giving as them the benefit to, of the doubt. Yeah, the benefit of the doubt. Those are the words. Oh, that's a good, great phrase. Did you just come up with that? Yes. That's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that. If you're okay with that, I'm gonna I'm use that more in in conversation. If you don't have any objections to me, I don't want to co-opt no. it. If you're I okay I would it. if you could just like pay me like fifty cents every time you say it. Okay. I'd really appreciate. I don't anticipate it, it will might. come up. I have a Kofi account. Okay. If you want to. I'll, yeah, I'll, uh, is, Ven is Venmo okay? Or... Yeah, Venmo's fine too. What's that purple one that Chase keep trying to push on people? 
Nobody knows. I don't know. I feel like it's like one syllable. Zauv. Yes. Zauv. Talk to your doctor about... <laughs> the point being... There's a point? That we... We're hoping that the that the animators puts a little bit of love and care into this. I want to believe that... Maybe it just doesn't, doesn't come across because... The animation was terrible for the time. Like, that's just their, the limitations they were working in. Like, they could only do so much. Here's the thing. I want to say that the anime... I will go so far as to say the animation isn't super terrible for the time. I think it is slightly better than a lot of TV animation that we would have seen at the time. Um, certainly it was better than Ro- Re- uh, Reboot was a few years prior. I don't have as strong a, a, a memory of Beast Wars as you do, so I can't comment on whether it was better yeah, looking than Beast Wars. it was pretty similar to Beast Wars. It's not Pixar. It's never... None of these movies are ever going to approach a Pixar level of 3D. But that's not what they're made for. No. That's not the the purpose they serve. You know how um, when it's, it's Christmas and Grandma gets you a shitty movie on DVD that is kind of similar to a movie that was out in <laughs> yes. theaters that year. So you end up with Cars Land or, or, uh, uh, or Rat Chef or, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, the Monster Sink, something like that, that kind of has the same look of mm-hmm. a Pixar or DreamWorks movie, but very clearly isn't. But your grandmother is 1,000 full years old and has no longer got the ability to, to discern. discern or differentiate between which is which it's anymore. It's a DVD with a mouse on the cover. Yeah. I heard there was a mouse movie coming out. Here you go. Yeah, and you get it and you put it in and it's instructions for cleaning your, you know, Black & Decker brand outdoor mouse trap. <laughs> um <laughs> It. <laughs> you what would, happens in there? What do you think? It's a mouse trap. Does it shred them? It's does, a black and decker. Does it toast them? It's a black and decker branded mouse trap. Okay. Use your imagination. It grills them. Yes, it grills them. It turns them into cement, which you can use to um, uh, redo the patio with. Oh, that's useful. It's the circle of life. Please never do that again. I, I actually, you're right. I legally can't because I don't want us to get okay, um, uh, DMC attack from uh, from Elton John or Disney because they obviously Elton John does listen to. Hey, Elton, how you doing? He listens to the podcast. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I thought it was pretty. It's pretty good. I get emails from him every week. When are you doing the Lion King? I keep saying that's not a movie designed to promote toys, and he says I've got a shelf of pop finals that says otherwise. <laughs> and I say those came out many years later, and he said if you ever sing Circle of Life, I'll sue you, and I'll I say oh shit. That was a really fun bit. Thank you. But we are talking about Barbie. Not Bar A, not Bar C, Barbie. Is there anything left to talk about? I genuinely don't know. I don't, I think this might be a short episode and I'm kind of... I just, we're, we're, we're definitely in the same way that we struggled with Masters of the Universe. Which that was our sh- other short, short episode, episode, right? That was like because, like, minutes. there was nothing there. There's, no, there's the only meat on the bone in the Masters of the Universe movie was in the chicken bucket, which is the only memory I retained from childhood is of what's his it's name Wildor eating. Wildor eating fried chicken. Yeah, and that's the only memory that has stayed with me. Why do I remember his name? I don't remember his name, and I watch that movie ah. every day for four years when I was three. I think the thing. If I'm trying to look for something to cling to from this movie, we could talk about the the interpersonal character dynamics of some of some of the unlikely couples. Is this your TEDx talk? It's not going to be a TED talk <laughs> because it wouldn't get approval, but TEDx, they're a little bit more laissez-faire. Well, Major with... Mint and Captain Candy definitely had some chemistry. Now, Major Mint was the... That guy, right? Yeah. He sounded like someone doing an impersonation of Stephen Fry playing uh, General Melchett in Blackadder Goes Forth, which again is a reference that I know that you're tickled by. I see the smile on your face right now. I love Blackadder. You're a big, big fan of a lot of British comedy that I bring up on this show. It sounded like they were trying to do... The guy, the voice actor is actually British. Well, there we go. That's probably so what... that's probably what his regular voice sounds like. Yes. Like, if you listen to the commentary, like, and I'm the voice of... That's just what he sounds like. When we were recording this scene... Stop! My wife had Stop. pneumonia at the time. No. 
Christopher Gaze. He was born in Surrey. Oh. On May 12th, 1952. He's still alive. You seem impressed by that. He, this film didn't kill him. <laughs> he went on to be in more Barbie movies. How many films have we watched where you have to believe that this is the film that did in... Like, that either ended their life or and definitely ended their career. Like, either, like, killed their career or made you, them give up. I got sent a link to an article the other day, a recent article, about the Super Mario Brothers movie. And it included the line, this is not verbatim because I'm, 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 I'm pulling it from memory, but the stink of this movie followed everyone for years oh. afterwards. That's someone who worked on the movie saying oh. that. It's, well, I could have told you that. Yeah, there were some great stories. Like, apparently... So, one of the things that happened... I realise this is supposed to be the Barbie episode. Yeah, but and so, now you're talking about the movie that... That ended our the, friendship. Yes. Uh, I thought that was... If your, I hadn't signed the contract to do a certain number of episodes, you would... Yeah, I would you, not be speaking to you right now. I mean, that's your own fault for signing the five-year contract. Yeah, that I was signed it too, so... We only meet once a week to record this podcast, and then we kind of go our separate ways and yeah. we don't communicate with no. each other. We have a third party kind of decide what the next episode is going to be. Yeah, it's kind of a castle situation. Yeah, it's gotten it's gotten difficult to we're currently working on like uh like remote solutions for mm-hmm. this podcast. So I don't have to look at you. Yeah, I i I'm for what it's worth, I'm I I'm very sorry for my part in ending our friendship. It's, I think we we both played a role <laughs> we both have to take accountability my role was picking mario no you picked mario mario no, was i didn't i picked mario yeah, mario was my did. choice yeah mario was my choice emoji movie was my choice yeah but it was your decision to do a podcast so really this is on you okay there's so little to talk about with barbie and the nutcracker that we've we've digressed massively hopelessly and hilariously and i hope it's i i hope it's hilarious because I just feel, like, tired. I, I feel tired right I, now. I miss making... Watching this movie made me nostalgic for Barbie and the Rockers. <laughs> I'm realizing it gave this us now. something. Barbie and the Rockers gave us so much to talk about. This was just... This was like someone edited together the cutscenes from a bad Barbie video game. Mm. It's just there's nothing here. It's, it's a struggle. We're struggling. We are trying so hard, listening audience, to make this experience something that we can share with you in a way that is entertaining and enjoyable, but it just isn't. If you love The Nutcracker, don't watch this movie. You're not missing anything because this has nothing to do with The Nutcracker. If you love Barbie, don't watch this movie. You're not missing anything. You're not missing anything. It really has nothing to do with Barbie. If you like the word and, don't watch this movie. Bobby's not actually the central character. She's just playing Clara. You're not missing anything. Don't watch this movie. If you like the New York City Ballet, (laughs) don't watch this movie. You're not missing anything. (laughs) If you like the London Philharmonic Orchestra, just... Download the Nutcracker Suite from Spotify or something. Come on. You don't need this. Like, the the, the Daft Punk movie, Interstellar 5555, that is kind of a video accompaniment to the album Discovery. You can listen to Discovery on its own. But I like watching that movie because the visuals that they've, that they've animated accompany the music. They contribute in some yeah, way. They, it, it, it all coalesces into one enjoyable experience. This is just... Some shit. A per- Someone got like a 30 day free trial of Maya and they made this. <laughs> That's what this feels like. If you're a fan of choreographer Peter Martins. <laughs> Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Don't watch this movie, Steve. Steve, don't, don't do, do it. it. Steve, we're going to have to cancel our plans for the Christmas period. Leave your banjo at home. <laughs> you can still come, but we're not going to do the Nutcracker. I just... I have a lot of warm memories associated with the Nutcracker. I have a lot of anxiety associated with the Nutcracker. Something they don't tell you about being in the Nutcracker when you're in the Nutcracker as a child is that for the rest of your life, anytime you hear any music from the Nutcracker, you're going to have a tiny little anxiety attack inside. It's pretty great. Yeah. So I was, I heard the Jester music come on and I was like, Aah! Yeah, you had a very visceral reaction in that moment but, to the piece of music that played. Like, apart from the fact that the music is in here. None of it has to do with the Nutcracker. 
So, if... You're not missing anything. This movie can't give you anything. It's not about anything. It doesn't have anything to say. It doesn't have a story to tell other than this is what happens when you give Mattel the idea to make it's, a Barbie movie. If you've ever wondered what it's like to be a, a blonde girl in a nighty going on a hike in a poorly rendered, kind of vaguely beachy, vaguely foresty, sometimes there's snow environment. Just go to Portland with no clothes on, you'll get more <laughs> or less the same experience. There's just... It asks nothing of you, but it gives you nothing in return. I would say it takes, because again, I was losing consciousness. I don't think it takes anything, because it's, it's not an assault like some of the capital B bad movies we've watched have been. This is not... So, so I think the argument is that this is not a bad movie, this is not a good movie, it's just a movie. But not in a mediocre way, in the sense that it is on a DVD that you can watch for a set duration of time. There are colors and shapes, and there's movement, and there's sounds. In that sense, it's a film. Do we want to have a go at rating this thing? How? <sighs> On Using the Lego emoji scale. Uh, I, I just want to start seeing how do you solve a problem like Maria. Because this is really <laughs> a, like, how do you keep a wave upon the sand kind of situation. Trying to keep the... Trying to hold this movie in my mind to even assess it. To evaluate it and grade it in any way, that's hurting me. This trying to hold on to it. This movie, it, it's it's all we are is tears in rain. Like that's what this movie <laughs> is. It's just it's impossible to. As soon as you're finished watching this movie, like a dream upon waking, it starts to evaporate and you can't from remember. your memory. You can't retain it. I was like, be- I know I had a dream. I know I watched this movie but I could not tell you anything that happened. I have, like, vague impressions. I will be... When the episode that we recorded a few days ago goes out, I will be packing to go to PAX. When this episode goes out, I will already be back from PAX. But I will be prepping to fly to Boston, and I will have a moment of panic because I will think, Molly and I were supposed to record two episodes of the podcast last week. I don't think we did. (laughs) Yeah, I know we were supposed to watch a Barbie movie. Because this movie just... It just doesn't... I have to believe it's been precision engineered to be ephemeral. It's just, it doesn't crystallize in any tangible format. The fact that, again, we watched this 15, 16 months ago together, and you had, we'd both forgotten that Tim Curry, Tim Curry, Tim Curry is in this movie, and we lost it. We lost that memory. Maybe that's by, maybe that, maybe Tim Curry designed. Do you think this movie is cursed? Yes. <laughs> I think this... There's an enchantment on it that when you watch it, you are actively forgetting it as you watch it. It's like, you know in Alice in Wonderland, the Disney animated one, where there's mm. the little dog critter that like sweeps up her footsteps as she goes? Like, it's yes. erasing the memories behind <laughs> you. It's like the, in all, the entire cast, crew, and production team who worked on this movie are made up entirely of the silence from Doctor Who. <laughs> I really hope you at least understand that reference. Yes, from, from cultural osmosis. Yes. It, 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 the memory is not retained. This de- I'm holding the case right now. There's a dark aura about this case. This is... It just sucks. It sucks 70, 78 minutes of your life away. Like, this is... This is an enchantment that you put on people when you're like, I want to steal 78 minutes of this person's life. I want them to be 78 minutes closer to death it's like, and have nothing to show for it's it. It's like a reverse charm person from, <laughs> from D&D 5th edition because it works for an hour and it makes you miserable. <laughs> and I hate it. I don't hate it. There are very few things that I hate. But this movie has left a hole in me. It. it I think... When you look back and realized what's happened to you, you're filled with disgust yes. that you fell for it and you like allowed this movie into your heart and it like took something from you. It was, I, it, it's like it gave you something, but then it took back that same thing it gave you. So you're you're in the same place you were before you started. You're just really disoriented. Yes, it's it's disoriented. This movie is theft, basically. Yes. It is an act of theft. It stole the time of everyone who worked on it. Including Timothy, Peter Jackson, Curry, Tim Curry, Tim Curry, Steve Martin, <laughs> Peter, 
Peter Jackson and the London Philharmonic Orchestra. And all the dancers. All of the dancers, all of the animators, all of the artists, the directors, everyone who worked on this movie. This is not a film that anyone... I don't think any of those people remember. If I walked up to Tim Curry tomorrow and asked him to sign this, he with this case He'd in be hand. Like, why? What, if I what walk, is this? If I walked up to Tim Curry tomorrow and asked him to sign this, I handed him the case. So, Could you sign this? I think his immediate response would be, "Why? Do you just not have a? I've got paper. I can just sign <laughs> that. No, no, no. You were in this. I was in this. I don't remember. Was I? What year did this come out? No, no, we'll go into we'll go into this uh, this electronic store and we'll just watch it. We'll go into Best Buy and we'll watch it on one of their DVD players. And so we go in together and we sit and he's like, no, I'm not in this. Who am I? That The old guy? No, that's not me. And then he hears the Mouse King talk and he's like, I need to make a phone call. <laughs> I feel, I, I don't think the Lego emoji scale is applicable. applicable here because it implies that this movie exists to serve, I... No matter, even at my, my most cynical, I have to believe that the people who made the Emoji movie wanted to entertain. I have to believe that, because if I don't, I will lose my mind. This movie wasn't designed to entertain. This movie wasn't designed to entertain any human being on this planet. This movie was barely even designed. It's just, a, it just is. This movie, no one made this movie. This movie was found in a chest in the woods Wrapped in rusty locks. (laughs) Horrible. It's a cursed artifact. It's the worst. It's really a shame that when we first tried to record an episode, that this was the first thing. The first because that we felt so defeated. We convinced ourselves that this was actually a terrible idea. Because of this movie, and so it, took it, us it didn't. It didn't steal seventy-eight minutes of our life. It stole like sixteen months. It stole of almost our a lives. year and a half. But we spent that time kind of reevaluating what we wanted to do, and this is the end result. So and we I think, turned it into a into a gift. Yes, a blessing. We took end. every every cloud. Mainframe meant it for evil. Yes, <laughs> we turned it into a force for good. <laughs> Mainframe, what happened? What happened, You guys? gave me Beast Wars, but then you gave me this. But you've and kept I'm... this. Well, because I want to have the full Barbie collection. Okay. I don't know why I've kept it. I think maybe that's part of the curse is that you can't get rid of it. <laughs> like it comes back to you talking Tina style. <laughs> you, you, you threw it in a trash can in Santa Monica and when you drove home it was sitting waiting at your doorstep. <laughs> I'm going to give this back to you now. This is your. You don't want to be the last person who's touched it. Just as Super Mario Brothers is my curse to bear, this is yours. It weighs on me heavily. I think we're even. Are we even now? Uh... I mean, not in terms of because st- I'm still one movie ahead of you because I did make you watch the Emoji movie. Yeah. But in terms of like, I didn't realize this. This caused you so much psychic distress. Are you just now realizing no, I, retroactively I want... how much distress it's caused you? I'm not confident. Distress is the word. Distress implies that any of this will. Stay with me for any mm. any duration of time. I will forget we recorded this in a week, and then I'll edit it, and then I'll forget about it again two weeks later. That's This movie is not going to stay with me in a way that I'm sure that the Mario movie and the Emoji movie has have, have haunted your nightmares. Uh, there is the visual. The visuals, Some movies leave scars. Nothing about this film was visually distinct enough for it to seep into my subconscious and ruin my dream time. But this experience... That experience of exi- of existing both in and out of time simultaneously, um, that will stay with me. I wonder what this is like as a podcast episode. Will this be? The- will people be convinced that there's no episode ten? <laughs> <laughs> the episode that does not exist. There was never an episode ten. I think that's going to be the running joke from now on. Is there was never there was an never, episode. 10. There was never an episode ten. We just skipped it. Yeah, I feel I. I think this is what Sam Beckett must have felt like in Quantum Leap just after he'd leapt into a new body, where he's not quite sure what he just did had happened, but he's not he hasn't adjusted to the new reality yet. That's what I think the experience of watching Barbie and the Nutcracker, Barbie in and or the Nutcracker is Barbie is on like, the Nutcracker. I've already forgotten the title of this movie. Barbie Preposition Nutcracker. Nutcracker. Tim Curry in the Nutcracker. Yes, Tim Curry. Tim Curry should have done all the voices for this movie. I would have watched that. 
I will watch Tim Curry or listen to his voice in anything. And I've heard him in a lot of bad stuff. Because he's great. And he deserves better than this. And yeah. I hope he's forgotten about this. I'm I'm positive he has. Because yeah. we're going to forget about this soon. We're going to be free soon. Let's, as soon as we stop recording, we're going to be free of this curse. Well, then let's let's see if we can mo- bring that process forward a little bit. Next week's episode is also one of your choices. What is it? Do you remember it? what it is? No, what you, is it? I think you're going to be excited about what this. What is it? It's Digimon the movie. <gasps> I never liked Digimon as a kid for two reasons. Number one, I thought, well, Pokemon already exists. Aww. Why would I need another one of it? And secondly, secondly, the the theme music felt like they phoned it in as a kid. Oh, like, definitely. Yeah. And those are the two things that put me off. As an adult now, I look back on what Digimon... Because I did watch a little bit of Digimon because my sister was into it, I think. Um, or at least I had friends who were into it. I look back on Pokemon, especially have, because we watched the first movie a while back, and I think it's so... The only word I can think of to, to describe the Pokemon anime is vapid. Like there's, mm. it's, it's so inconsequential week in, week out. It's just shit that happens to keep kids entertained for 22 minutes and, and commercials. Digimon had stakes. Yeah. Digimon had a through line. Digimon was telling a story from week to week. And I think that's to be commended. I, I would rather... I, I don't remember much about Digimon. I would rather go back and check out Digimon, the animated series, yeah. now than go back and rewatch the Pokemon anime. I'm interested to see how the movie plays out. Do you know if the movie ties into the series I at have all? no idea. I, I hardly remember the series. I remember watching it. I don't remember anything that happened in it. I do remember that I had a Patamon toy, though. Okay. I had a Patamon toy. Is he toy. the orange dinosaur dude? No. Patamon no. is like a little Twinkie with bat wing ears. Okay. He was my favorite because he was a Twinkie with bat wing ears, but he turns into Angemon, and he, he would actually, like, you would, like, open up his stomach, and Angemon would come out, but then I had a problem that I didn't know how to put him back, so he was just Patamon with, with man leg, grown man legs <laughs> sticking out of him. That's what I remember about Digimon. I don't remember any of the other names or the plot other than that. They're children trapped in the digital world? I think it's kind of a Tron situation, Something... I think. Where they get kind of pulled into a computer. Yeah. But, I, I, but I remember that. I think just because of the name, people expected it to be like Pokemon or like a ripoff mm. of Pokemon. Because Pokemon was more popular. But it really isn't anything like Pokemon. Yeah. It's, there's, they're not really similar, except for the fact that Mon yeah. is in the title. I think it was marketed very heavily in the US, and I think probably the UK as well, in the wake of mm, the like success if, of Pokemon. If you liked Pokemon, check out our recommendations. Yes. Because you watched Pokemon, you may you also may enjoy also like... getting socked to the face with a large bag full of doorknobs. Huh. Not my thing, but, you know. Whatever you're into. Nice of them to at least make a recommendation. Yeah. Shows that they're engaged. Yeah. Are we done? I hope we're done. I really want to be done. I want to be free from this curse. All right. Well, then let's uh, let's begin the wrap up process, ladies and gentlemen, and variations thereupon. The, the thank Christmas wrapping. The Christmas wrapping process. process. Thank you so much for for listening to the live toy edit with Ben and Molly. If you have enjoyed the show, again, do please leave a review for us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you happen to to listen to us on. That's how we grow, is through you telling your friends and family how great the show is. Yeah, maybe maybe not this episode. Oh, God, no. Oh, heavens no. This is not the episode to introduce. Okay, interesting exercise, because we're now ten episodes in. Molly, what is your favorite episode that we've done so far? I haven't listened to it yet, because we just recorded it, but I feel like the... Ninja Turtle episode is going to be pretty good. Okay. But I also like the Pokemon one. I yeah, think that's I think one of my favorites. Pokemon is good. Um, I think the... I enjoy the Mario Brothers episode. I think we've got a lot to talk about. I think it depends on... If you like to listen to people suffer and squirm... Yes. That's a great episode. Yeah. And I think Trolls was good as well. I think tro- the Trolls episode really kind of laid a foundation for mm. us. Um, but definitely Pokemon Mario... I think those are, for me, like the top two. Mm-hmm. So if you if you have a friend who hasn't listened to the podcast before, who likes movies, who likes toys, who likes combinations thereof, you know, maybe one of those is, is the episode to uh, to throw at them and say, hey, check this out, because we think you might dig it. Throw it at them. Literally. Like, don't, pr- let the, don't take no for an answer. Yeah. Like, strap them to a chair, put the little earbuds in. Yeah. In their ears. And yeah, force them. Down. To, yeah, earbuds in the ears. Force them 
to listen to the melodious sound of our voices. Yeah, please. Yeah, let people know that you're digging the show and share it on social medias and leave reviews and let your friends know. We will be dropping a new episode next time with the Digimon the the. I nearly said Digimon the first movie, <laughs> which it is not that Digimon is it the just movie. Just called Digimon the movie. Yeah, it's just called Digimon the movie. Thank you to Brian Melblum for uh, providing us with our theme tune, the Toyetic Toe Tapper, which uh, is an awesome piece of music. You can find us online. We are on uh, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook as The Life Toyetic, at The Life Toyetic. You can email us if you want to uh, reach out to us and ask us questions. We might read them on the show, uh, or we might not. You never know. Uh, you can email us at show at thelifetoyetic.com. Molly, where can people find you online? I am at Molly Alice Hoy, wherever you find find social medias. So WH Smith and... yeah. Most good bookshops. Uh, I am Ben Padden. I'm at Ben Padden. If you came and saw me at PAX, I'm recording this before I go, but if you did come and see me at PAX, thank you so much. If you didn't, that's fine too. Um, It's okay. I wasn't there either. You weren't there either. Because you don't care enough to fly up to Boston to hear me talk about video game. Actually, PAX is really very much not your scene. No. Is it? No. Okay. So until next time, this has been The Life Toyetic with Ben and Molly. I've been Ben. I've been and still am Molly. And the Life Toyetic comes with everything you see here. My memory of the past hour and a half sold separately. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>